opening and listen to your show a few times. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person feeling an urgent, urgent need to take action but I'm also really unsure as to what to do. Um, I learned a new term this week. It's called, um, not Armageddon, but Instectagon? Hunters behind the mic. Have you heard Insect-a-geddon. that? Insectageddon. 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 Have you heard that term before? <laughs> I, I have no idea what it means, but I saw the word written out, so I figured out how to pronounce it. <laughs> That's but, a great one. Is it a great one? Okay, Patrick, every, uh, you, know, you can always get a bunch of liberals in a room and everyone's jumping. Yeah, it actually is a really good word. And it comes from The Economist magazine, which is probably one of the leading world's leading last remaining forms of really solid journalism. Um, 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 but it's from the March 23rd issue. Right now, trillions of honeybees, butterflies, damselflies, beetles are dying off. And the article quotes E.O. Wilson, if all mankind were to disappear the world would would regenerate. If insects were to vanish, the environment would sink into chaos. So our insect population is declining by over more than 50%. But despair, I mean, it's just so hard. How do you even start grasping all of the consequences that humans are having on the planet right now? And despair, it, it may be the most rational choice, but it's not our best option. Action is our best option. But what actions can we take and how to take it and how to make the work joyful? And that's the topic of today's show. In studio with us is Ken Patel. Uh, and he's the founder and director at Ecology Democracy Network. And joining us by phone is Patrick Kerrigan with the Organic Consumers Association. And later in the program, we're going to be joined by farmer Greg Reynolds out of Delano. So, Patrick, let's start with you. Um, this show airs on Saturday, March 30th, and many uh, Democratic candidates for president will be at the Heartland Forum, Forum in Storm Lake, Iowa, and you will be too. So tell us about that. Yeah, yeah this is going to be really exciting. Um, uh, presidential candidates, Senator Amy Klobuchar and also Elizabeth Warren are going to be there. At, and um, this is, event is uh, organized, and it's going to be moderated by Art Cullen. Um, Art won the Pulitzer Prize for Journalism in 2017 for the reporting, the fantastic reporting he was doing about Iowa water quality problems and the impact of CAFO's concentrated animal feeding operations on Iowa's air, water, and quality of life. And so this, this forum is going to be specifically about this huge farm crisis we are in. I was just reading um, the other day that this is the lowest overall commodity prices for Minnesota producers: um, corn, soy, um, uh, dairy, and, and others, uh, other producer segments, in more than 20 years. And so we've got farm prices that are expected to be uh, very low, and we've got um, the, an environmental crisis that's happening. And we've got, well, like in Wisconsin, two dairy farmers uh, per day are going out of business. That's just in Wisconsin. So we're we're way over producing dairy, uh, soy, and corn at, 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 uh, with a terrible environmental cost. Uh, Farmers are um, having to rely on um, and uh, crop insurance and and uh, U.S. Farm Bill subsidy programs, and so we've got a massive crisis, and we've got a soil solution. That's what we always say the soil solutions under our feet. So we're going to be talking about regenerative agriculture, specifically farmers and ranchers for a green new deal. Um, uh, I did. I just saw that uh, that Senator Warren. Um, uh, is supporting the Green New Deal, so we're really excited about that. We're going to be meeting with Sunrise Movement, uh, one of their leaders, and then also um, with uh, Iowa Concerned Citizens doing fantastic uh, organizing work in in Iowa for around water um, uh, uh, and electric uh, electric issues, and working with Native communities, communities of color. And so it's, it's going to be, this is going to be a really, really great uh, couple of days. We've got meetings tomorrow and then the forum on Saturday. 
And Patrick, you and I were at um, uh, Congressman um, Angie Klein's, um, Angie uh, Craig's office on Monday to talk about this. And afterwards, we were talking, and, and, and you and I were both talking about the need for sweeping, sweeping changes. That and 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 you brought up Ken Patel's work in that context. Mm-hmm. Why did you bring up Ken Patel's work in that the context for having for the need for these sweeping changes? Well, well, I respect. Uh, Ken so much in terms of the work that he's doing on the, uh, the where our capitalist economy and our um, and our uh, economic crisis where there where those intersect. What is um, what is the uh, the problems with our um, with with our economic assessment? And why the genuine progress indicator is so much is so important in, in factoring into um, in, environmental uh, uh, expenses, and and then also too um, Ken's work around um, uh, the Minnesota State Bank is incredibly exciting. The North Dakota North Dakota State Bank, which um, uh, came out of the uh, uh, populist. Uh, uprising in early 1900s. Uh, that is that's been a, 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 a incredibly beneficial lending instrument for uh, for farmers and other small businesses. Then hopefully Ken can talk a little bit about that. And yeah. then we we need to get a, you know we need both uh, uh, huge investments, public and private financing. State banks would be one of the best ways to uh, support farmers that are really, really in a cash crunch right now, and um, and so anyway, uh, that that was uh, that was why I, I thought of Ken. Okay, great. Well, so Ken, and you said yes, so you're here. So <laughs> yeah, so welcome to uh, Food Freedom Radio, and and tell us a little bit of, about your background. I mean, well, thank you, Laura. It's wonderful to be here. It's an honor to be here. It's a great show. Uh, so, uh, as Pat was saying, basically, I've been an organizer since the mid-1980s. Uh, grassroots organizer, starting with Greenpeace here in Minnesota. I knocked on doors, did all-purpose organizing for about 11 years. Then I transitioned to the Green Party for 12 years and did a variety of all-purpose organizing with the Green Party, ran for governor four times, uh, was on the ballot. Then uh, around 2008, I left the Green Party and I started the Ecology Democracy Network. And this is a uh, network that's uh, I'm sole proprietor of. Uh, basically, what I'm doing is um, working on the main thrust is to reverse ecological overshoot or living beyond caring capacity on the planet. Uh, and so that's one of the main focuses. And then we are we're a nonpartisan organization we're working on structural change uh, in the economy, uh, the way we vote, and who influences our government. So we want to establish an ecology-based economy. So when habitats are healthy, economy's healthy. It's just built right into the economic structure. Uh, Second, we want to decentralize political power by way of the vote, go to a multi-party proportional voting system for the Minnesota House initially. Uh, And uh, and then uh, third, we want to remove big money and corporate interference in our government. So uh, that is uh, the main focus. All of those structural changes that I just mentioned um, work together as kind of a formula and a combination. So no one of them can achieve the goal in isolation. Uh, and so that in a nutshell, and, and basically I just do all-purpose stuff. So a lot of research in the last 10 years. I've been a student of what I just described, basically. And then I also do some door knocking, uh, not only in the communities that we live in and throughout Minnesota. Uh, you know, when I started the network, I biked about six, 7,000 miles around Minnesota testing these mandates out uh, to see if they worked. And across demographics, class, uh, all sorts of communities, regional communities, they work. So basically that's the goal, you know, and um, – you know, I, I, we have a bill that I'm working on at the legislature right now to change the way we measure the economy, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that's basically it. And I love, you know, do this because we love where we live, you know, and it's a beautiful place, and I want to make sure it's healthier than we found it. And unfortunately, the trend has not been good since I've been organizing. So that's why I did a rethink 
with the Ecology Democracy Network, and that's part of this effort. So, Yeah, because part of our purpose is to uh, establish an advancing civilization and making the world a better place for future generations. Um, right, Pat? I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the core belief of humans. Thank- yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, seventh generational uh, thinking as natives and and uh, native communities around the world do in um, in in their messaging that we're we're borrowing uh, uh, this world from our from our future generations, and that we have um, uh, huge responsibilities right now uh, to a- address the climate change. I, I, I couldn't agree more with Ken in, in his structural analysis and that it's uh, a systemic level that we need to change is systemic um, uh, exploitation of farm workers, of, of livestock and these concentrated animal feeding operations, of our, of the, of our air and our water. Um, this is all for uh, industrial agriculture, corn and soy commodities which the major, the vast majority of that is not even food. Corn goes into livestock feed, ethanol, um, uh, overseas shipment for livestock of the roughly ten percent, a little less than ten percent that goes into food. Um, roughly half of that is high fructose corn syrup uh, with GMO corn, and so like this whole idea of feeding the world is really a myth that we need to attack. What what we're doing is we're we're uh, we're really overproducing on our commodities. Uh, we're exploiting the 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 soil, which life depends on, and we we we've, we've got to move towards um, uh, local regional food systems. Moving, moving, moving the entire up. food system. That's the action yeah. we need to take. We need to move the entire food system. It's a heavy load, but it's also how do we make it joyful? What actions can we take now, this time, to make life better, both now and in the future? You're listening to Food Freedom Radio. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. Serving family favorites in Minneapolis since 1964, Milda's Cafe is a great spot for breakfast or lunch. Wake up with their delicious Eggs Benedict or biscuits and gravy and savor their many great lunch options. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Milda serves authentic Finnish pasties. Open weekdays 6 to 3 and now on weekends 8 to 2 on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Specializing in Szechuan and Peking cuisine, the Great Wall Chinese Restaurant has been a local favorite since 1981. They offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include the sesame chicken, imperial beef, and Peking duck. The Great Wall Restaurant is located off 45th and France with takeout available too. More at greatwallrestaurant.us. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Art lovers, it's time to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art at the St. Paul Art Crawl, running April 26th to 28th. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you will have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The art crawl sprawls over 34 locations. 
Join the art crawl and discover outstanding art for your own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community too with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the art crawl. Be sure to get details at stpaulartcrawl.org. That's stpaulartcrawl.org. and nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person feeling this urgent need to take actions, but I'm unsure of what actions to do. And that's what I'm doing us right now is going to have someone that's going to help us uh, figure out some little things we could do. Uh, Greg Reynolds, uh, you have a farm, and uh, you think people can start growing some of their own foods, get away from consumer cultures, replace the lions with pollinator habitats, buy from local farmers, and practice organic agriculture is that hard <laughs> hi greg no, no, no. <laughs> so that'd be a really simple way to save the planet it would be a good start it's not none of it's simple but yeah it's a you know actually and on another level it is really a simple straightforward way um that that you know the the uh, one of the things that really could affect the climate change um, that's, that's happening. I mean, it's not 10 years from now. It's happening now. Um, is putting carbon back into the soil. Um, we've got, you know, 100 years of agriculture that's really uh, mostly just strip-mined the soil. They haven't, you know, that uh, large-scale ag doesn't plant cover crops or use compost or manure even. I mean, they, they just uh, nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus, and a chemical fertilizer, and that's it. So, uh, Patrick, with the Organic Consumers Association, I want, wanted me to ask you, uh, how do you build soil health? Um, really keeping something growing as long as you can. Um, we have a vegetable farm, and that's a really intensive, you know, a lot of intensive cultivation because the weeds are, are much more competitive than the, the crops we want to eat. Um, so what, what we do is we have a, a grass and legume mix we plant. We plant rye and hairy vetch. Uh, and let that go all season until it, it seeds out, and then just uh, not even turn it into the soil. Um, once it forms its seeds, it's mature, and they just uh, run it over with a disc and push it down onto the soil, um, and it forms a mulch. It also that also sort of threshes the seeds out, so it it grows again in the fall, um, and it's, it's so it's you know reducing tillage, adding organic matter. Um, and then, you know, not using chemicals. The, the pesticides and fertilizers are really hard on um, soil biology. And tell us again about your farm and where it's located. We have a certified organic vegetable farm in Delano. So we're about 30 miles west of Minneapolis. Great. And then there's going to be a big, or uh, uh, a day-long event. Uh, actually, this show airs on Saturday, March 30th. So this event is from 9.30 to 3.30 today. So you want to tell us about that? Yeah, it's a... Um, it's a free organic gardening workshop that's um, Otten Brothers and Harvest Moon uh, Food Co-op in Long Lake are putting on. And there are uh, three different tracks. One is straight-ahead gardening, one is sort of a sustainability, and one is health and wellness. And, um, you know, the gardening ones will be how do you start, you know, how do you start a garden? How do you start seeds? Um, what you know? There's going to be somebody talking about peppers and uh, the uh, guys from Sustain. I forget his name right now. Um, Sustain was one of the you know one of the first organic fertilizers um, to show up in this area, and um, he'll be there talking about sustainable gardening. And uh, and then the other tracks can be you know will be things like uh, CBD oil and elderberries. Uh, there's a, a session on on bees. Um, and bee habitat, 
um, I forget what all there are, but there's, there's yeah, there's tons. Different. Yeah, there's two stages. The event is this is totally free and open to the public. It's out in uh, uh, Otten Brothers is at Long Lake, Minnesota, twenty three fifty West Wyzetta Boulevard, um, yep. and you're going to be talking about um, seed saving and and seed planting. So, um, and this is yep. the time to do it. We we got ours at our home. We got our seeds out. Our house is extra yep. messy right now because there's seeds all over the place. But how can somebody get started um, with that? It's you know it's really a simple thing. It's not uh, the you know seeds want to be warm. They want to be they don't want to be wet. They want to be moist. You know it's a you think about the ideal soil. It's if you squeezed a handful of it, you wouldn't have any moisture on your hand. It's just enough to to get the uh, to get the moisture back into the seed to wake it up. Um, and then you really have in an organic system. You don't add fertilizer. You, you repot the plant into into fresh potting soil um, probably every three or four weeks and at this point you know if you start them now you might wind up repotting them twice into a slightly bigger container so the roots can keep growing um, you know and healthy roots make the, a whole difference you know all the difference in a healthy plant um, so that's a you know, yeah, it- well, and I know I've had some tomatoes now that I may have had eight or nine years, so I save the seeds every year, and then they come back. And these are the ones I know that I, I like to really dry, and I, I use them year-round. And mm-hmm. it's so much, um, I don't know, it's it's so much more, there's something magical about the whole process. <laughs> well, seeds are seeds are very optimistic. I mean, planting <laughs> a seed is an act of faith, and... Um, and and it's you're usually rewarded with it. And there is something about growing your own food. Um, I always say that ours tastes the best, but it's true for any garden. Um, those tomatoes that you grow, when you eat them, they taste better than anything I could grow. I mean, they're they are. There is something about that that's beyond just the you know just what the tomato does to your taste buds. It's a it's a bigger thing than that. Yeah, it's, it's maybe more human or more alive or something. It's it's beautiful. Um, and so uh, tell us more about the event on Saturday. Well, um, it is it is completely free. We do, um, people do register because then we've got, um, you know, that, that gets you into all the sessions. Um, they are uh, a little bit staggered so that there's not all starting at the same time. Um, you get a, you know, people will get a flyer that says, uh, what the, what the what the sessions are, where they are, um, they'll get coupons for um, you know coupons for Otten Brothers, uh, coupons for Harvest Moon. I think there's a deal on lunch, um, and it's, yeah. the, it's uh, yeah we've done this is the second year we've done it, and uh, last year we had about 120, 130 people come through, um, and it was it was great, it was fun, and. You know, the reviews people gave us were really good. So it's uh, a way for people to, you know, if they're, and it's everything from beginning gardeners, people who are just, you know, just trying to figure out how to get those first seeds started, what they should do to compost, um, and that all the way up to, um, you know, the growing elderberries, which is a, um, a fairly hardy plant, but the uh, it's also the favorite food of birds, and and uh, pollinators visit it all the time. Um, so you, you know, you, and the the one with you know keeping bees, that's a, a a really important topic. And even if you don't keep honeybees, um, insects are dying out. There's been a few studies, I think Germany and Costa Rica and someplace else, where they're seeing. The number of insects dying, and I think you might have mentioned it. Where that's how we started the, the show. Of... We started the show with the word. Um, uh, it's a mixture of the word insect and Armageddon, in- insectageddon. Um, yeah. um, over half of the insects in the in the world are are dying, and if if this continues, um, uh, insects have far more impact on the world than humans, and uh, they it's it's devastating. But so, how do we take action? And that's what we're talking about today. And so, Greg Reynolds, you've been taking action for a long time, and how to make it fun, right? Is, is it still yep. fun? It's hard, but it's still fun. It's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. <laughs> we make it. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we'll be right back with Ken Patel. Total Dog Company exists for people who are serious about their dogs. People who want the best nutrition and the best gear for their dogs. 
Total Dog Company's mission is to provide high-quality, practical food and gear for dogs and only dogs. Nothing frou-frou or frivolous, nothing with suspect ingredients, no cat food or wild bird food. Totally dog, from head to wagging tail. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Hey, Minnesota, it's your favorite sexy liberal here, Stephanie Miller. Join Mama every weekday morning at 8 a.m. as we chide the unintentional comedians known as the right-wing Republicans. They certainly provide plenty of material. Laugh along with us on The Stephanie Miller Show. Weekday mornings from 8 to 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Online at am950radio.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Hunter Hawes. Friday, sunny with a high near 48. Saturday, sunny with a high near 40. And Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 49. This week's EatLocalMinnesota.com Restaurant of the Week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Situated by Moore Lake on Highway 65, Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club is one of the most beautiful destination fine dining restaurants in the Twin Cities. Located at 6161 Highway 65 Northeast in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Find out more at EatLocalMinnesota.com. Welcome back to uh, Food Freedom Radio. Prudence, come out to play. Come on, let's all be prudence. Let's come out and play now. <laughs> it's the time of year, Laura. Is it's it the time of year to play. The buds are on the trees. You're you know, right. it's emerging spring. I mean, this is just a beautiful time. Great. You mentioned joy. What more joy can you find than springtime coming out of this how winter? How can I have joy? Because, you know, even when we're on break, Greg was still talking about, you know, you drive in the rural areas, you don't get insects. On I West know. Jones. We're dealing with a dynamic. We're, we're dealing with two, a dynamic, right? Of course, we know the conundrum we're in, which is ecological decline at a rapid rate right now. So that is distressing. At the same time, we're still here and we're still alive. And we still can build up resistance to this, you know, this deterioration of our beautiful planet. So we're, you know, that we're part of a living system, and I see humans as part of an immune system. And we're starting to build up resistance. We're trying to meet the threshold of the problem. It's very hard uh, because the systems we're born into are resisting the change. And a lot of what's happening on the Earth right now has happened in the last hundred years, in a flash of time, in the history of Earth. 
So it's all very quick. And so it's hard for us, our senses, to even capture the impacts we're having on this planet right now. Uh, a lot of it's just washing over us, especially with the technologies we've created. A lot of people are just consumed by working for, spending time with, repairing, managing, disposing of all the stuff that has been cascading the last hundred years. You know, a hundred years ago, no TV. Now we have an infinite amount of choices available to us. Uh, or that's you know. for some people. I mean, some of us don't have TV. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying that right, 98% of households in the U.S. have a television. Right. You know, and my generation grew up on television. And what did television tell us? Basically, these are finished products. Sexy, exciting. This is the lifestyle you want to live. But they never told us about the byproducts. Right. So if you're conditioned to only finish products and allure of a lifestyle that makes you a winner at the expense of the planet, it's very hard to change that conditioning. Uh, and that's one of the things we're up against right now is a psychological conditioning as much as the physical actions that are associated with it. Wow, is this ever fascinating. I'm going to yeah. do a shout-out for another AM950 show called Natural Awakenings and Fusions. I've yes. been doing some other classes, and they've got great classes. They have got one coming up on on on, on, uh, on, on having uh, sorrow and how to handle it. But, but I think you, you, you hit it is how do we move from – the conditioned self to um, um, to maybe its choice, to, to conscious choice. Well, we have to create incentive for change. So incentive leads to behavior. And right now the incentive is to grow. Con that's the message we are born into. And the incentive is to um, continue to exploit the habitat. You know, extractive industries, create products. A lot of what we depend on is highly toxic but we're not given the information to change our pattern. So that's one of the things I work on is, you know, in many respects, you know, as you've mentioned in the beginning of the show, you can walk into a store and see cheap plastic or you can see a cheap gallon of gas or cheap electricity on your power in your uh, bill each month. But what is the real cost? Of it, And that's one of the things that's missing in the price of things. And that's one of the things I work on is to start to internalize these costs because losing the worker bees, losing our fellow insects, losing our topsoil, our groundwater, our corridors, uh, these are not in the way we measure the economy right now. Uh, they're not, they're basically invisible to the economy, the natural habitat. Uh, and uh, like in the gross domestic product, a forest is only valuable when you cut it and turn it to product, timber, chipwood, whatever. In the genuine progress indicator, which I work on, a forest is valuable in and of itself, fixing carbon, fixing soil, habitat for birds, filtering you know, water and air. Uh, now we value something that in the way we measure now is invisible. Now we make it visible and we make value in it. Once you value something, that matters to people. So, okay, so how do you respond to this idea of the Minnesota General General Progress Indicator? We need to change, we need to create a new story around our lives. It's not about, it's not as simple as capitalism or, or socialism. It's far more complex than that. It's about how do we choose, it's about our freedom, and it's about an economy where water matters, where all life matters. It's, it's about um, being part of a living world. I say it's part of a living world instead of a zombie world is the way I look at it. But how would you talk about this? Uh, Patrick Kerrigan with the Organic Consumers Association. Yeah, it's, it's about a livable planet. And we have, um, uh, experts tell us, uh, with the IPCC, uh, 20 years in order to uh, bring greenhouse gas levels down. We're up, what, 415, 420? I'm not sure where it's at now. When 350 was supposed to be the the uh, the crisis tipping point. And so, um, you know, luckily we have uh, Mother Nature, you know, talking about all this uh, technology and devices. Mother Nature still... Uh, our best teacher if we get out and um and uh just you know take in how the natural world works how regeneration is an inherent part of life uh if it's not suppressed with uh say for the soil with chemical fertilizers herbicides pesticides which kill um microorganisms 
earthworms and soil health. You know, Mother Nature's been figuring it out for hundreds of millions of years. The miracle of photosynthesis is is always just, uh, the more I'm learning about soil health, nutrient exchange, water, nutrient cycling, um, the more amazed I am. And so uh, we've got a, a great, great teacher in Mother Earth. And um, and so one of the things I'm so excited about the GPI is integrating in the environmental impact um, of our extra, exploitive, extractive, industrial uh, 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 food uh, and other types of production practices. Yeah. Right. And so um, like right now, there's a big farm crisis. The National Farmers Union reports that the average farmer lost $1,500 last year. Um, there's the, um, do you know Bob Quinn? Um, he's going to be at uh, Common Good Books, and he has a new book out called Grain by Grain. Uh, him and uh, Liz Carlisle, and that book signing is going to be on August 8th. So there's, there's so much Yes, energy. I'm so excited to going uh, to that event. Uh, Lentil Underground, I heard that, heard about uh this yeah. uh, lentil movement happening in Montana, and uh, really encourage folks uh, to attend this uh, this event. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, so that book signing is on April 8th, and we will have the show Food Freedom coming up um, uh, that Saturday after that show. He'll, he'll be on Food Freedom Radio. <sighs> Great. So, okay, yeah, it is. I mean, there's so much wonderful stuff emerging, and yet I'm also feeling so impatient, and I'm feeling like it's not moving fast enough, and I'm I'm still afraid. Well, I think that it's understandable. There's a mixed feelings going on because there's people, we're still working really hard out there, many people in the field throughout the world trying to heal our relationship to our habitat and try to figure out some balance. So that's happening all the time. It's not meeting the scale of the problem. And that's one of the things we need to work on uh, because uh, we got patchwork, we got good models and samples and examples out there, so that's good. And we want the inspiration and good intentions and all of that. So not against any of that. But once again, the dominant economic signal in the economy we were born into is the gross domestic product. And that has emerged from the early 1930s now to become the dominant signal that sets pricing interest rates and budgeting and it's a benchmark for growth so if we go two negative quarters of gdp it's considered a recession in the economy and we cannot have an open or growth model on a finite biosphere but right now we do and everybody says grow 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 and i'm not against growth but i want growth with decomposition so you have growth and decomposition in balance with the habitat and that's the goal here and one of the things that the gross domestic product now it has its value so i'm not saying get rid of it but it should be a back burner measurement but it is the global dominant signal everyone chases and if we're chasing the gdp there is no way we can reverse upcoming collapse with our habitat. And so the genuine progress indicator, which has been emerging since the 1990s, basically I'll give you one example that may relate to your listeners most dramatically. For the last 80 years, the gross domestic product said grow food for volume in the Minnesota River watershed. And we did. We grew a lot of food. But there's no indicator in the measurement that said this groundwater cannot replenish itself. This topsoil cannot replenish itself. In the genuine progress indicator, probably mid-late 1960s, we would have had, it would have basically said, whoa, slow down or stop. Because this practice of growing food is now costing us because this watershed cannot replenish itself you know, so that's and so that's a far better indicator a signal that policymakers could work with not only here in minnesota but in china in russia right in and, and India. you know ken i want to i want to get back to this yeah. um for and just focus on this but i'm going to say goodbye here to patrick oh, yes. and patrick um uh can you tell us a little bit more i mean i know today is saturday and you're um, this show is going to be airing on saturday and you'll be um in iowa so tell us a little bit more about about what's going on there and um sure at this forum you know uh every four years presidential candidates come to iowa and pay lip service to agriculture uh, uh during the iowa caucus the first of the of the uh of the of the um cycle and so um anyway there there's a short uh span of attention on iowa and agriculture and 
this is really starting starting that whole process, um, kickstarting it, and in, in having these conversations with uh, presidential candidates, um, congressional folks about the the, uh, the the water crisis in Iowa, about uh, um, low prices. Um, overproduction amidst falling demand and then re- the uh where the primary reason we're going is to be um uh, organizing around the farmers and ranchers for the green new deal uh, we're going to be having hearings uh super excited that um uh massachusetts representative jim mcgovern who chairs the House Rules Committee and is also on the House Ag Committee met with our director, Ronnie, and several other folks um, three weeks ago. And he is really committed to bringing regenerative farmers and ranchers before Congress to tell their story. I was um, I was meeting with um, uh, Megan, who is the representative of um, I'm blanking, um, Phillips. Uh, and so um, she asked if, if I could organize uh, a, a visit to one or more regenerative farms for Dean Phillips and his staff. Isn't that awesome? And so this is the, the kind, yeah, this is the kind of work that, um, that we really need to be doing. And we've got an opportunity like we've never had before. I think. An opportunity like we've never had before. And, and an opportunity we, may, we must need to walk through. So th- thank you so much, Patrick Kerrigan with the Organic Consumers Association. And we're going to be right back with uh, Ken Pentel and uh, talking about what action can we take now. The U.S. has been fighting for 17 years in Afghanistan, 15 years in Iraq, and four years in Syria. And now the Trump administration is threatening war in Venezuela. As NATO will be starting its 2019 summit in Washington, a coalition of organizations will hold a mobilization to oppose NATO, war, and racism. American wars, with support from NATO allies, continue around the world. A new nuclear arms race is threatening, and U.S. military intervention is developing in Venezuela. Say no to NATO, U.S. wars, nuclear weapons, and racism with an anti-war protest on Saturday, March 30th at Lake Street and Minnehaha Avenue. Make your voice heard. Let's say no to wars, racism, and Islamophobia. Say no to the Muslim ban. And let's say yes to immigrants and funding for housing, education, and health care. Again, the anti-war protest is Saturday, March 30th at 1.30 at the corner of Lake Street and Minnehaha Avenue, initiated by the Minnesota Peace Action Coalition. Let's make our voices heard and stand up against war. Did you realize that Drink in the Style is available on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much every other podcast platform out there? You can listen to past episodes of Drink in the Style or maybe download our really cool martini glass graphic or just listen to your favorite episode again and again. But if you do, I need to ask you for a quick favor. Hop online and give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show and also boosts my fragile ego. Drink in the Style. It's a great way to kill Sundays or really anytime at all. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can go solar with all energy solar, even way up north in Minnesota. Lots of people ask them, isn't Minnesota too cloudy for solar? No. The truth, for one thing, Minneapolis gets nearly as much sun each year as Houston, Texas. But it isn't just about how much sun you get. It's also about having access to great local incentive programs that make solar affordable. Learn what your options are to save with solar and visit allenergysolar.com today. It's Greek to Me has big news. They are now open for lunch, Tuesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's right, you asked and they listened. Enjoy lunch amongst their new marketplace. If you can't join them in-house, make sure to check out their delivery services and remember them for your home or office takeout and catering. Visit It's Greek to Me on the corner of Lake and Lindale in Minneapolis at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or at www.itsgreektomemn.com. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 
50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person feeling a need to take urgent action, but I'm really uncertain of what to do. Um, but part of it is the entire economic structure. And so there's a quote on your website. Uh, a country could exhaust its mineral resources, cut down its forests, pollute all of its water, hunt its wildlife and fisheries to extinction without affecting the G the GNP GDP yeah the GDP may say hey things are fantastic right now right exactly GDP is just a volume based measurement it doesn't measure value so that's one of the concerns uh, that we're having right now. One of the differences, just to give you another example, the difference between the two measurements. Now, I should mention, there are things people can do. There's a House File 1662. Uh, House File 1662, that's now at the legislature. And if people want to take action, notify their representatives, their, their House members. This is a bill to start, the, basically just offers another tool in the economic toolkit for policymakers. It's an alternative picture being painted economically for policymakers using the genuine progress indicator accounting. And that's the difference. So you, you that's got, all we're offering. You got pretty close trying to get this into the state in 1990. You want to talk about Right. I was not involved at that time, but okay. the, at that time a roundtable was convened. They developed a report called Smart Signals. And in that report, they basically recommended Minnesota move away from using the gross domestic or gross state product as our primary economic signal. They're all kind of synonymous. And start moving towards the genuine progress indicator. Uh, that report ended up in the Department of Planning. The Department of Planning was ended, so it never saw the light of day. But the genuine progress indicator has been passed into law in four states now, uh, Maryland, Vermont, Washington State, and Hawaii. And they're learning how to use it. 20 states have done statewide GPIs, not passing into law, but done statewide. And 30 countries have used the GPI or learning how to use it in some way or done GPIs for their countries. So it's considered this most scientifically vetted alternative to the gross domestic product. And it's critical because if the dominant signal on earth is what we're chasing and it doesn't care about if it leads us to ecocide, then we're in trouble. And so we need signals that give us better guidance. And that's what the genuine progress indicator does. Not perfect, but far better than what we're being offered. And just to give you an example yeah, of the difference let's, let's, between the yeah. two. Let's say somebody um, wakes up in Otter Tail County, 5.30 in the morning. They tend to the animals, the kids, the cleaning, the cooking, the mending, till 9 at night for 40 years. In the gross domestic product... That activity doesn't show up because no money was exchanged. In the genuine progress indicator, we'd put a column in the state spreadsheet that would value household work because somebody who takes care of a home is valuable. They keep the family together, the community, so on and so forth. So that's one of the differences between the two measurements. The, the GDP does not value non-monetized activity. That includes household work, volunteerism, ecological services, things like that. And so that's one of the values of the genuine progress indicator. It paints a far more accurate picture of our overall well-being as a state. And so that's why I'm encouraging people to support this effort. So how do people find out more about this? Well, they can contact me, Ken Pentel, uh, at my website, ecologydemocracynetwork.org, ecologydemocracynetwork.org. Uh, they can go to the Minnesota legislative website, uh, House File 1662 is the bill we're talking about. And then they can look up, they can Google or go on YouTube and look up the Genuine Progress Indicator and kind of learn from that as well. So it gives people a better sense of, of what's going on. But one of the things, Laura, I did want to mention is the way we measure the economy and do accounting with the gross domestic product 
We undervalue local and rural economies, and we overvalue urban-suburban economies. So the last 80 years, Minnesota's gone from 52% rural population, now down to 17%. And I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it's a major reason is the way we measure the economy is pushing or pulling people from rural to urban. This is not exclusive to Minnesota. You can see it all over the globe. We're adding 3 million people a week to cities on Earth right now. Uh, and the trend in the future is going to continue that same way because the structural nature of the economy pulls people from rural to urban. The genuine progress indicator reverses this, and it leads to localism and rural revitalization, stabilizing population migration, diversifying economies on a local level so rural economies are not so desperate for extractive industries. Because if the structure is working against rural economies and somebody dangles $650 million of polymet money in front of a desperate economy, no, they don't want to pollute their water. But yes, they want to keep their kids living there. They want retail. They want housing. They want health clinics. So if we don't change the structural nature of the economy, certain macro or big patterns are going to be very hard to change, even though we're trying to do it. So how do I change the structure of my economy? Well, obviously, in your personal life, I mean, I've been, I mean, we can grow our own food and we can, you 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 know, basic. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had a car since 81. I've been a vegetarian. I have no footprint. And so I'm, you know, people can do individual things. And, and, you know, I feel good riding a bike and, you know, it keeps me healthy and generally enjoying the beauty of this region. But unfortunately, uh, individual, unfortunately, the sad story is, is if even during this last 35 years that I've been living minimum impact on Earth, it's been a rapid decline of Habitat Earth. And so once the consumer has handed the problem, the party's over. You got to deal with this stuff before you cut, before you drill, before you dig. That's when you deal with it. Because once the cat's out of the bag, very hard to, and not to give cats a bad name. <laughs> I love cats. No, but you got to, you got, we got to deal with this thing uh, before we unleash these problems. Right. And that's you know, one of the things I'm trying to work on. We're, we're, we got, we can talk again another time. Cause there's so much I want to say, but down at last minute, and and but I really have to say this: it is something about our personal connections with life. I went to a World uh, Water Day um, event on, on March 22nd. It was very very meaningful and this indigenous leader said we don't need white allies what we need is more relatives you know and how we wake up to being a relative with the natural world and i believe the addiction and the anxiety and depression crisis are because we need relationship with the natural world oh so true so so true true. and and feeling that connections and so there are great ways to get connected there's a garden workshop um on saturday march 3rd uh, 30th today from 9 30 to 3 30 at otten brothers um the uh the native american medicine garden is open to the public and uh, you can stop by there and and just visit that anytime you want and then there's going to be um a book signing at uh common good books on april 8th Tons and tons of yeah. gardening events. Gardening's therapeutic. A lot of healers. A lot of healers. A lot of healers out there to healers. join in with. Let's yeah. go find those healers, yes. man. We need them. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Food Freedom Radio.